Hey, you right there, listening. Stop what you're doing. Well, unless you're driving. This is what I'd like you to do. If you haven't subscribed, if you haven't told two or three friends about my podcast, I would appreciate it so much if you did. If you've listened to more than two episodes, then you know that it's not just about being divorced. There's a little something for everybody. Whether you're divorced, married, or single. Also, if you're on social media, please follow me at Eric L. Payne on Instagram. That's E-R-I-C-L, as in Lenny. It's not Lenny. P-A-Y-N-E. Eric L. Payne. That's who I am on Instagram. I am Eric Payne without the L on YouTube. And if you want to dig a little deeper and get some one-on-one time with me where I can do a little bit of masterclass type stuff with you, follow me on Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-E-R-O-N.com slash Dating After Divorce. Patreon.com Dating After Divorce. Divorced, I'm out here, floating in the wind, flapping along like a tattered sheet, a tattered flag after war, right? And my my dudes, I have dudes. You know, I don't have, I hadn't assembled my council yet. That's for a later episode. But there are men in my life that are just giving me advice. A lot of the advice is about sex and the women. If you get around some women, some women will give you back that, that good old good energy that you know, you let your wife take away from you or that, you know, was taken away from you due to divorce. I understand. I understand. I've been there or maybe they ain't been there, but let me get with the right woman and they're going to put some pep in your step. They're going to have you high moving and blah, 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 blah. And my thing was, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. And why do I not want that? Because I don't want my, I don't want my validation tied to a woman ever again, ever. I knew that back then. And I've carried it with me to this day. I knew back then, as broken and shattered and shell-shocked as I was, that I did not want my value, my the way I walked down the street, the 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 ease with which I walked, you know, that post that post-coitus walk that 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 you know Will Smith did something about what it looks like to walk before you have sex versus what you walk like after you have sex. You know, you have to look on the internet for that. But I didn't want my swag, which is what he was talking about, to be tied to a woman. I had sex in my marriage and before then, so I didn't need that kind of walk. What I needed was a sense of value, a sense, a personal sense of value that was never going to be able to be taken away by another human being. So with that said, I'm at American Pancake House during my whirlwind cross-country trip that I did, that I brought up in episode three. It's one of my friends from high school, one of my frat brothers as well. Shout out Sean and we're talking and he's just saying look man like this is all you need to do this is what you need to do this is you know this is just let someone in to 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 make you feel good about yourself again yeah you want to be able to feel good on your own but that's not what's happening right now and let's just work on what's happening right now i was arguing him down i wasn't trying to hear him so let me provide some context. I was eating a chorizo omelet. It was spicy with, with jalapenos. I like spicy food. It was spicy as all get out. I was sweating all in my shirt. I was super skinny because I had lost about 25 pounds due to the stress from the divorce because I hadn't been eating. And I, I just, I, it was getting messy. I was wearing a, a, a hat that just, I was a mess. I just, look, teach his own. If you choose to dress whatever you, if clothes just serve a function for you, then that's fine. That's not how I live my life. 
I usually try to be as put together as possible when I go out the house. I mean, I don't I don't drop designer name brand stuff. I just like trying to put my stuff together on this. particular I say all that to say on this particular day, I was not put together. I literally look like I should be somewhere pulling weeds. And so I'm sweating out my shirt. I'm sweating out the brim of this little baseball cap thing that was I was wearing and it was starting to show through I have a bald head so the sweat was starting to come through the hat because of this 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 omelet I was eating so I went to the bathroom I toweled off I wiped my I wiped my face down I put some water on my face and I sat back down and there was a table of women that was sitting next to us now they had mentioned earlier we jumped in their conversation earlier they were talking about Atlanta they were talking about renting a Bentley once they got down to Atlanta they were talking about trying to figure out which W hotel they should stay at should they stay in Buckhead or should they stay in Midtown I listened in based on the way they were dressed based on the way they looked and based on the fact that they were talking about Bentleys I suggested that they stay in Buckhead I figured that that area of town would suit them better they thanked me kept it moving when I came back to the table the women were ready to leave and one of them handed me her card turns out she was a psychologist she said look i'm gonna be down in atlanta in a couple weeks let's talk and you know maybe we can hang out my man shot me a look and smiled i was like what the hell i look like ass why in the world would anybody be handing me there be trying to hook up with me and when all i was doing was giving them hotel advice well, we talked, we chatted, we became friends. We're friends to this day. Turns out that my boy, he put her up to it while I was in the bathroom. He basically told her, look, my man needs some help. He's been going through a rough time and he needs some help. So he put her up to it and we actually tried to entertain something romantic. It was on again, off again. Nothing ever came of it really. But one thing in particular actually did come from it. She gave me a nickname. So it turns out that she actually did think that I was attractive. She didn't really care about the way I was dressed that first day that she met me. We wound up hanging out a few times and had a really, really good time. And I got back into the workout. I started doing push-ups again. I started eating. Wound up getting a gut, actually, trying to put weight back on. But, you know, I did push-ups. And anybody that works out knows that, you know, the second you start doing a few push-ups, you start to swell. And she noticed the swell. And she said, referencing my putting weight back on, yeah, I was talking to my girls about you the other day. And I said, Eric Pancake House is fine. And I was like, who? She said, oh, that's my name for you. I have you in my phone as Eric Pancake House because that's where I met you. So I arose from that situation as Eric Pancake House. And Eric Pancake House legitimately did have a little bit of swag to him. Welcome to the Dating After Divorce Survival Guide. After getting his master's degree and getting cursed out, his second master's and getting kicked out, Eric Payne decided to pursue his doctorate and getting his life right and staying in his own lane. But upon getting all his degrees, he realized he was a fish out of water in this new dating landscape. Eric was 28 years old when he met his ex-wife and was newly divorced at 43. The world had changed considerably since the days of StarTech beepers, Motorola flip phones, and Yahoo Chat. It is vicious out here in these new streets where taking pictures of yourself all day long with a phone and posting them on the internet is actually a thing. The Dating After Divorce Survival Guide is the story of Eric's journey from love and marriage to divorce to dating to hopefully love and marriage once more. Happy New Year, y'all. Happy New Year, Happy New Year, Happy New Year. Let's go. Let's get it. 
it's a brand new year. It's a brand new semester. If you were in school, it'd be a brand new semester to make up all the bad grades you got last year. Now nah, I'm playing. Maybe you got good grades and you just want to keep the momentum going. This ain't about new year. I can never say it. it's like a tongue twister. It's not about new year, new you. It's about just getting out the gates because this is the start of a thing and trying to start the thing off strong so you can end the thing strong. Someone asked me the other day, how's your day going? I said a better a better question is, how am I? What is it? How's your day treating? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I said that all wrong. A person asked me, how's your day treating you? I said, a better question is, how am I treating my day? Treat your year with intention. Be serious about this year. Get it going. So moving right along, something that I left out in the stories previous to now is after I got my new automobile, my luxury automobile, and I was driving around like unbatman, as my friend puts it, in my unbatmobile because it's white and not black. I got laid off, you know, and my theory on layoffs are this. Layoffs are unavoidable, but layoffs upon being, I mean, they're unavoidable for the people that experience layoffs, but uh, not the people who, you know, are managing, mismanaging, not doing right so that you wind up having to be laid off. But I say all that to say, I worked with a group of people. I was a director. I worked with a group of people who, if their dogs got sick or anything like that, they were able to take days off. I went and told my management that I had was going through a divorce and that things were really rough for me and that I was having a really hard time. I didn't receive any help. I didn't get any like EAP advice. I didn't get anything. In fact, so I was laid off. And in fact, I heard through the grapevine that I was deemed unstable. So rather than give me the help that I needed because or suggest the help that I needed because they did have programs at the place where I worked, I was deemed unstable. And then I went on to find out that I was uh i was blacklisted because they thought i went onto a website that i don't even have an account with and smeared them and when i asked well why would anybody think that i would smear the company and they didn't do anything wrong to me i actually love working there they said because it sounded like me now here's the reality i think if i was of a different complexion i think i would have had a different outcome and i say this to anybody that is of a certain complexion a certain darker hue in the workplace, keep your keep your mess to yourself because there's no tolerance for it. Others are allowed to have breakdowns. We have to be perfect at all times. It ain't fair. It ain't right. But it's real. Male or female, we have to be perfect. Our A game has to be on point. So when you have your breakdowns, when you have your issues, have them outside of the workplace. Don't have them in the workplace. Don't bring your mess into the workplace because there is no, there is rarely and I have experienced this throughout my career, which spans three decades at this point. It is difficult, if not damn near impossible, to get empathy or even sympathy from someone who on their face feel like they're doing you a favor because you're interviewing, applying, and qualify for a job. And I'm going to leave that right there. Moving right along, Eric Pancake House is living his life as a unemployed person living off of a severance. I'm going back and forth, getting my house together, my little apartment together, and I'm spending a lot of time at Target, piecing things back together. And on the days that I have my daughter with me, my daughter became my little roadie, and she didn't care about staying up late. In fact, she enjoyed it. My daughter's a night owl anyway, so the later she gets to go to bed, the happier she is, because she don't be going to sleep anyway. She's one of them type of people that just be like up, and you're like, oh my God, it's just old people in the house trying to sleep. Would you please go to sleep? So me and my baby were in Target a lot and we talked and we have a, you know, open and honest dialogue that when people hear us, 
we get a lot of awes and that's so sweet and you know it's amazing that you talk to your daughter that way or i wish my daddy would that way blah 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 we're at target having one of those conversations and a line manager notices us and strikes up a conversation how are you all what are you doing why are you out at this hour what part of town do you live in blah 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 and we talk and that was the end of it and then the more and more i started going back and forth to target the more and more i noticed that this particular manager was on the more and more we said hello the more and more she smiled the more and more i started to notice that she was noticing me and then there was this one day when i didn't have my daughter with me that this thing just came over me i now know what that is and it's called i call it the uh I call it the dragon. I call it the beast. I call it the monster. It usually comes out during the libido hour, which means like later on towards the evening. And when that happens, I typically lock myself up in the house these days. But back then, I didn't really know what it was. But something just came over me. I was at an event and something came over my spirit and it said, go to Target. Go to Target. She's going to be there. Go to Target. So I pulled up to Target. I didn't have anything to buy. But I mean, what difference does it make? It's Target. You can, as soon as you're in Target, you start buying stuff. So I'm in Target. I start picking up some things to get for my house, some food and all the rest of it. I see her. She sees me. And I don't know what it was. It was like it, I the, whatever it was that came over me must have came over her wherever she was in Target because she walked over to the line that I was on, waited until I was at the register, kicked the girl off the register and started ringing me up. And the woman that was that got kicked off the register, she kind of giggled to herself. But, you know, the girl rang me up. I mean, not the girl, the, the, the woman rang me up. The manager rang me up, a.k.a. Target lady, rang me up. How are you today, sir? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Um, hope everything is, to, you found everything that you needed today. Yes, I did. Thank you very much. All right, sir, you have a great day. She ran out the receipt extra long and started writing on it handed me the receipt, handed me a receipt, didn't put it in the bag, didn't ask me if I wanted it in the bag, handed it to me and said, okay, well, you have a good night and never took her eyes off me. And I was like, oh, shit, oh, shit. I was like, look at her coming through with the with the push-up game. You know, we began to text and talk. Now, the reality is because she worked at Target, her schedule was very tight. She was rarely available. And because I was laid off and looking for work, I was always available. But we texted a lot. We talked a lot. And one of the things that came up, I said, look, you know, the reality is this. I am trying to get back with my ex-wife. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I'm, I'm really trying to like live as honest and clean and pure in existence. Because I was carrying around so much guilt because I had been guilty with all the things that I had done wrong in my marriage. I didn't want to add anything else to that. Now, this young lady was when I when I had this heart to heart with her, this young lady said to me, uh, well, Eric. I really appreciate that. I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate you coming clean with me. My parents have been married for 23 years. My grandparents have been married for, she says I'm like 40, almost 50 years or whatever. I am team marriage all day. This is this was via text. And I was like, all right, cool. All right, you know, good. I'm off the hook. I was at the movies with my daughter. That text came through. I said, cool, I'm off the hook. Then another text came right after it. And it said, I can be friends and I can be there for you until you, until you rectify things with your ex. And in my head, I was like, well, aren't you already being a friend to me? I didn't know exactly what she meant, but I was sure enough about to find out. 
So at the time, that was when Netflix and chill was on the rise. And I don't necessarily believe in Netflix and chill. I think it's lazy. I mean, I think if you're in a if you're in a longstanding relationship and want to chill out, I mean, and then obviously, like when it's cold, you don't necessarily want to be out. And then from a from a cost perspective, it is it's better to just you, there's so many movies that you can watch. But next Netflix and chill is a dating thing is lazy unless you're cooking a you know a dinner for your lady or the the woman that you're courting or whatever and then you sitting and having dinner in a movie at your house or her house or whatever just to say come by come through and we can watch netflix in my opinion is lazy that was just something that i wasn't with but target lady who was 26 years old was of a different inclination she said she could come through and hang out and i said well what do you want to do she said i'm not getting off till really late let me let you know it was really late when she got off but she still wanted to come through anyway i said right but i mean there ain't really nothing to do at at <laughs> there ain't really nothing to do at that hour like what do you want to do she said oh, i could just come through she came buzzed her in she came knocked on the door came in i really like your place it's really nice nice view of the city she said you saw ground i was like hmm um, I mean, I guess I have a view of the skyline if that makes me groan. I mean, okay. So anyway, uh, we watched Netflix for a little bit. Had a little, had a good time watching Netflix. She looked really nice. You know, she was dressed nice. It was nice not seeing her in khaki pants and a red shirt for a change. She was built like Jessica Rabbit, but not not for fake. She was naturally built, uh, thin in the middle, and as they say, I I know I'm getting this wrong. Women, uh, black women say thick thick. Thin in the middle, thinking somewhere else. I don't know. I'm saying it wrong. Anyway, she was 26 years old, built like Jessica Rabbit, and she's sitting in my house watching Netflix. We watched Netflix for a little while, and then, you know, it was still warm because it's always warm in Atlanta. And we went out on my balcony and looked at the cars going up and down I-20 and looked at the skyline, the downtown skyline from my balcony. And she was like, wow, this is real sexy. This is real romantic and stuff. Real romantic. And I said, yeah, it's nice. I mean, I, I sit out here a lot and just contemplate life and think about things and look at my tree, which was dying. A tree, something like out of Jerry Maguire when I, when, I left my, when I left the house where I was living with my ex-wife. I definitely took my plants. And all my plants died in my apartment. Oh, it was awful. So anyway, um, I, I looked at my dying plant. I said, yeah, I chill out with my plant out here. I drink a little bit uh, sometimes. But I just kind of like watched the night go by. And she leaned over and, and started kissing me. And we kissed and kept on kissing. And then we moved inside and kissed some more and continued to kiss. And she dropped down to... She dropped down. She didn't drop down to her knees. She dropped down to a squat position in front of me and started undressing me. And honestly, I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know what was happening, but I didn't know what was happening. I didn't understand why it was happening so easily or so amazingly because it was amazing. I was experiencing amazing things. I was experiencing things that I didn't think that I was going to experience as a 43-year-old man. I just didn't think it. I wasn't. I'm not a strip club dude. I'm not a I'm not a guy that rolls with packs of guys and talks to guys about women. I don't I don't kiss and tell. I don't do those kind of things. So the stories that I hear sometimes when I'm with the fellas, if you will, those things don't happen to me because I just don't have I don't I don't 
running those circles. So all these things start happening to me and I'm, I'm like bugging out. I'm like, man, this is like incredible. Like just the kind of stuff that you see, honestly, for lack of a better way to put it in a porno. And it's happening to me at this age. I was like amazed. So at this point, Netflix is like, are you still watching? Ain't nobody watching nothing at this point. It's pitch black in my house, minus that television screen asking if anybody's watching, watching it. And she asked me a question. And her question was, so what else do you like? And I said, I don't know. And she said, do you like? And I said, yeah. And what she said, I will never forget. I remember it as clear as a bell to this day. She turned over, arched her back and said, well, come on, get this good. My eyes were the size of saucers in my dark apartment. I was tripping all over myself trying to get to the bathroom to get some protection because even though I never wanted to do anything outside of my marriage or, you know, even though I wasn't married, I never wanted to do anything that would taint me against possibly getting back with my wife or whatever. I did have protection because, I mean, shoot, stuff happens. So I got some protection and the rest of the night will go down in history. The next day, I was sitting, staring off. I just was, I was, I was, I was, I was silent the next day because I just could not believe the experience that I had with this woman. I, because of the, you know, quiet is kept. I was scared to death. I was 20, she's 26 years old. So I'm 43. She's, I'm 17 years. Wait, I don't even know the math on this. Wait, hold on one second. Uh, 43 minus 26. I'm 17 years older than this woman. I'm in my 40s. I'm a man in my 40s. My quote unquote prime is gone. She's 26 years old and she has the same 26 year old energy that a 26 year old boy would have. So I'm a little uptight. I'm like, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm, I'm built for this, but I was built for it. So what I'm saying is based on what she said to me during and after, and based on how much time we continued to spend with each other because I was like, Lord, this is a sin. This is a sin. Jesus, this is a sin. Lord of mercy, Jesus. I called that woman up every chance I could get. And she called me too. And we had a good old time. And I just, I didn't understand. It caused me to question. It caused me to question everything. It's like, well, if I'm like, can get with this young lady, and have a great time and actually satisfy her so that she continues to call me like what the hell was going on in my marriage why was my wife not wanting to be with me why did she not spend like for three going on four years why did we why did i have sex like four times over the course of four years what was wrong what was wrong with me but after spending time with target lady i began to realize that it might not have been me and this is my message to anybody listening especially someone who went through something similar to me. You'll stop carrying the burden of what went wrong in your marriage by yourself. There were two people. It takes two people to get together. It takes two people. It doesn't take two people to break up, but it takes two people for things to fall apart. 
So if you're somewhere listening to this, wondering what was me, if you're somewhere wondering why this person is with someone else and one with you, I'm, and I'm not saying like I am not absolving you of whatever you did because I don't know anybody that's listening to this. And I'm not even saying that I didn't contribute to the downfall of my marriage. What I am saying is do not burden yourself solely as the reason why things didn't go as planned, didn't go normal. Because, you know, for me, I'm like, well, in my marriage where I should have been making love all the time or or frequently where I'm supposed to have the freedom and the audacity to be with a woman and to explore her and have her explore me to the fullest, I was completely shut down. It was like worse than high school in those last few years. That's nothing against her. I'm talking about the situation. You go on a few web marriage websites and you hear people talking about it all the time about how their parent, how they're, how they're not with their spouse or their spouse isn't with doing anything with them. And they're just like ships in the night. It takes two. It takes two. Me and target lady went on to have many fun excursions we didn't really spend too much time outside of the house. That just seemed like that was the nature of our relationship. Unfortunately, it would have been nice. But I, because I prefaced that I wanted to get back with my ex-wife, she always had that in the back of her head. And God bless her. She never stepped beyond that with me to be anything more. So years later, when she was with child in another relationship, and I asked her like, hey, so whatever happened? Her comment to me was, well, you know, you said you wanted to get back with your ex-wife and I wasn't trying to really come between that, but I did like you. I do like you. You're a great person. You're a great guy. You're going to make someone really happy. Thank you for listening to the Dating After Divorce Survival Guide. Episode six will be here in two weeks. Have a great day. Be blessed. Be amazing. Be powerful. Be awesome. Be you. Be new. Be great. Soar. Fly. Until the next time.